Hey, hey, everybody. On this episode of Sap and Chaz Wrestling, we are going to go back to Perth, take a look at the Elimination Chamber. Also, Monday Night Raw from last night. What are the implications and what matches do we have going into WrestleMania season? All this plus AEW, what's going on over there on this episode of Sap and Chaz. So guys and gals, strap in and thank you for letting us into your ears. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Sap and Chance. I am your host, Bobby Sampson, joined as always, as always, my man with the master plan. I had to say that twice, Mr. Chance, Michael's Chance. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I can't complain, man. It's Tuesday. We're, what, now 39 days away from WrestleMania. Yeah. The card is starting to shape up. I think we got our foundation set for the main parts of the show, and the rest of it's now filling up the gaps. Um... I don't think we need to go match by match with the Elimination no. Chamber. Maybe we can just give our insights and things that we kind of saw and maybe other people didn't see. So let's get started right there, man. Perth, Australia, 52,000 plus in that stadium. What did you think of the uh, layout and then the stadium in general? I thought it was a good layout. Crowd was pretty into it. They don't get many big shows there, so they were, out, they were all for it. I thought it was a great layout. Stage looked good. Ring, chamber, you name it. Yeah, yeah, I thought so as Much well. Much better layout than the Montreal chamber that I've seen. Just because it's a bigger stadium, you can do more with it, right? Well, there's a lot more people. There's a lot more space to do. And, you know, yeah. like I said before, I thought initially when I looked at the layout, I'm like, wow, why are there so many gaps? But then I realized the way the ring was situated and the way it was built, they couldn't put seats in the corners where those posts were, which makes yeah. a lot of sense, right? So they probably couldn't utilize the floor as much as they wanted to. But yeah, they did Matt, a good job. They did a good job. I mean, it was pretty packed. I mean, just looking out in there, look, it, it felt like a WrestleMania crowd almost. You know what I mean? Just yeah, like seeing seeing the sea of people on the floor, which is not normally the case. Uh, the show opens up basically with the women's rumble or with the women's elimination chamber match. Uh, very quickly, Becky won, as we both kind of predicted, but they made it kind of interesting with Liv Morgan looking like she might have taken it away. Your takeaways from this, man, for me personally, it was Tiffany Stratton. I thought she was amazing. I thought she was probably the best worker in there. Um, overall, the match was pretty standard. The one thing I did take away was Bianca's reaction to losing, which is kind of interesting to see what direction she kind of goes in. But overall, for me, the number one thing that stood out in that match, outside of Becky winning, obviously, was Tiffany's performance. Your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you. She did stand out. The only thing I will say about this match and the whole chamber, way too predictable of a show. So that makes it boring when you already know who's going to win. They try to make you believe that Liv would take it, but we all knew she was not going to win. But yeah, Stratton, they, they showcased her well. They let her get her stuff in, and she definitely outperformed everybody as far as the chamber match went. But that's what they were trying to do with her, right? She's young, trying to showcase. So all the women did great by letting her shine and not taking her shine away. Um, it was a good match, but uh, too predictable. Um, I get why they let her win, but we got to shake this up. Somebody should have won on Chamber that we didn't think was going to win just to make it more exciting. So that's what makes the booking and the creative guys are very boring and they're very stale right now. But good match, Stratton looked amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, in terms of the booking and in predictability, I think, you know, we're, we're at a disadvantage because we know the product so well. I know, so I thought too, but then right? I was talking to my kid and I was talking to Kingsley, his friend, and they predicted all the Elimination Gamer matches too. And they're only eight. So this is what I'm saying. It's getting very, I understand wrestling's for kids and they want it to be kid driven. And I agree with that, but 
give us something. But the Stratton looked great. I appreciate that. And I'm hoping after WrestleMania, you know, they'll, they'll start to do a bit more of that. But I think just because of the season, I'm not defending it. All I'm saying is I just think because of where we're at in the year, what show they're building towards, I think, you know, they have to have the right matches there. I mean, you think about it, man. It, would, do you want to see Liv Morgan in a WrestleMania main event? No, but they, okay. they could, they could, they could shake it up or somebody, even the men's side could win. Maybe like even give it to Ellie Knight or Orton or somebody just to shake this up. We yeah. all knew Drew was going to win something like that. Right, right, right. But Drew's doing the right things with it and it's leading into the way we want it to, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, we go into the tag team match as well. It pretty standard. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, the highlights for me coming out of that one, the Judgment Day one, by the way, but what I really liked is Pete Dunne. He's finally being able to do his thing. Man, some of those finger things that he does, the bending of the limbs, that's just crazy. You got to be pretty flexible on the other side to let that happen. But apparently, yeah. apparently, um, Finn broke his finger or his thumb in that match. I don't know if it has anything to do with the stomps of the hand or the bending of the fingers, but man, the visuals on those are just crazy. Um, I do like Bates and 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 um done i think maybe after wrestlemania they can build them up a little bit more into something more but for the moment that was the match that was it uh um, they're there they work good as a tag team they do some good moves baits and done but to me when i look at them the first thing i think am i watching dynamite do they look like two guys that would be an aw dynamite i just don't think they look like a WWE tag team that's just me though they're great in the ring though but um i just don't feel that Looks like AEW guys to me. Like if you put them on Dynamite, you wouldn't. You like these guys blend in perfectly. Yeah. So one thing that I thought when I was watching them. But yeah, they're very creative though. Absolutely. All right, we go into the Grayson Waller effect. Uh, let's talk about that one, man. It was a pretty, mm -hmm. you know, to be fair, man. There was no Rock. There was no Roman. There was no one from the Bloodline. Cody challenges the Rock to a fight anytime, anywhere. So maybe we'll get that. Before WrestleMania, maybe we'll get that after WrestleMania. I don't know, but they're they've planted the seeds for that match. Uh Rock has been said to if he fights once, he gets a huge bonus mm -hmm. um for fighting this year for, for participating in a match or something. So I don't know where that's leading to or whatnot, but that's kind of what that was. I think the highlight of this segment was the end, though, where um Austin Theory kind of came out and uh you know first he was insulting the Australian crowd which is really interesting considering his best pal at the moment is Grayson Waller who's the son of Australia um you know so that was kind of interesting and then he comes out and he gets in between Cody and Seth and they he basically does all the rocks catch lines Grayson in the background just looking at his face was not impressed by any of this I mean I think I was more interested in what Grayson was doing than 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 uh austin was but him coming out and doing that and then getting beaten up and then grayson just letting it happen very interesting dynamic there man i thought you know at first that it was kind of bad for austin's character but in looking at it again i see what they were doing and i get it but i still feel that they made him look stupid your thought i thought austin i thought austin stole the show i thought he looked great i actually agree with seth on one thing that's pretty good what he's doing first of all a couple key takeaways from this number one you had seth out there doing the crybaby uh, complaining thing. You know, Cody was talking about the rock. He's making puking sounds. Just that little whiny brat, too cool for school. He looked like a complete idiot the way he was dressed, by the way, Seth. You know, just he just is such an obnoxious, whiny baby. I know that's what he's doing and the way he dresses. It's like a goofy dude. I, I used to be one of my favorites, but not so much anymore. Um, I thought Austin was great. You know, he got out there. He kind of was being cocky, arrogant. He's the most built guy, most in shape guy, most athletic guy in the ring. 
he's out there being cocky with it. So I thought it was good. It wasn't a bad little segment, but again, none of the bloodline was out there. So I kind of took away from it, but uh, I love what Austin did. And yeah, you can definitely see some dissent in the ranks between Grayson and Austin. And uh, they'll probably have a match at Mania or sometime soon, but I thought it was good. Well done segment, got them out there and uh, broke up the show a little bit for a little bit of comedic relief, I guess. Yeah, I guess, no, you needed it. I guess you got to have Grayson Waller out there anyways, right? So, I mean, to do this thing. And, uh, you know, I felt bad for Bronson. You know, he's another son of Australia that didn't even get a sniff on the card. I thought, I really, really Oof. thought he was going to get into the Elimination Chamber. And, you know what? I thought he would have done great in there. He was in there last year, I believe, and he did amazing. I would have took Owens out and put Bronson Reed in if I was making the card myself for the Chamber. That's me. Well, you know what? In hindsight, looking at the direction that everything is going, that totally makes sense now, considering, um, mm-hmm. you know, with, with Logan in there and whatnot, you know, that totally makes more sense now, considering how that match played out. Speaking of that match, let's get right into the men's chamber. Uh, men's chamber, pretty standard, pretty good match. Uh, here's it was my, good. I really enjoyed it. My takeaways, for, you know, with one, Logan, his ability to take bumps is next level now for me. Uh, that guy took a beating, and Owens isn't soft. He he comes at oh, you. Oh, it's snug. Oh, yeah. He's snug. So for, for, for Logan to take those shots, and he's getting his head smashed inside the chamber. And you got to keep, man, that thing isn't breaking, right? So it's holding you back. So you're feeling everything. So, you know, respect to Logan for taking all the punishment. Um, and again. I love when you wrote Kevin Sucks on the, uh, in a little, yeah. uh, what do they call those? The, the 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 cage the glass yeah the little things in the glass where you little Kevin sucks yeah. on there yeah was he was cool. having Just a little that bratty kind of jerk cocky kind of thing I thought that was cool something well, different had, you didn't see that before yeah they had it all mic'd up in there so I mean you know to keep you entertained so they're trying they're constantly it's a pod right everything. in the pods yeah. is that what they call it yeah yeah the pods they had cameras and everything in there so I guess they're creating content as they're creating content right yeah it's crazy um good match this, though very good no very good match I think you know. Things really started to move after Bobby Lashley got eliminated. I'm surprised he was the first one eliminated. I didn't like that. Um, well, I mean, it was him or Ali Knight, right? And uh, but 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 I can see what they're doing because right now, I mean, outside of the program he has right now with with Final Testimony or whatever they're called, you know, I mean, that's basically it. So you know, no one was really there. But AJ coming out beating the crap out of LA night. You can see what direction that's going in. Uh, So that got him out of there. Owens getting out. Fair enough. That was done. Logan getting a little. I'm glad that's done because that puts that closes the chapter on the Owens and uh, Logan Paul feud. So they can move to one, which I like that. Right. And then the brass knuckles, man, Logan comes out with the brass knuckles, a moment of immaturity on his part. He took too long showing off the brass knuckles. Gave Randy enough time to come in with a sneak RKO, got him out of there. I don't like this brass knuckles thing. He's a he, well, besides Bobby Lashley, he's the only guy in this cage that actually competed in a real fight before, and uh, he probably hits harder than any of these guys. He doesn't need brass knuckles. I wish they would just emphasize his right hand like they do Roman Reigns' hand. Roman Reigns doesn't need brass knuckles, and Logan hits harder than Roman, so I don't know why they keep doing that. I get it, the heel thing, but he doesn't need it. It's a character. He's that sneaky guy who comes in. He's playing off of what everybody hates, right? Like, oh, he has his entourage. He always has his... No, I know, but it makes him seem weaker because we know he's a professional fighter and then he brings I... up the brass and he doesn't need it. I, I can see use a chair. Use something else, but not the knuckles. It's his gimmick, though, right? I mean, it's kind of... No, playing... I know, but it doesn't make sense. So you don't bring in Mike Tyson and Manny Pocky about brass knuckles on. They hit hard enough. We know Logan's went seven, eight rounds with Mayweather and didn't get dropped. So, I mean, we know he can hold his own, so he doesn't need it. 
I don't think not, not knuckles. Really it's some other trying. kind of weapon, but I don't think he, a, a puncher needs knuckles. Nah, fair enough, man. But I mean, it's it's anyways. It is what it is with this character. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, gets eliminated, and then I guess he never really left the cage or not because he comes back and punches Randy in the face, which lets Drew win. So Drew keeps winning matches the way he said he never wanted to win matches, which solidifies him as a heel. He takes all the opportunities, and now he is off to WrestleMania to face Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight title. I don't know if he signed yet. This is what I said to you after the match. My only concern with this is, is it's too predictable, because if he hasn't signed yet, do you put the strap on him? Well, I, there's obviously some sort of, he either has signed they haven't told us, or he's agreeing to it. They wouldn't give him a main event match. You won't give this guy a main event match knowing he leaves the next day. So uh, they either, either he's signed or just not telling us or something's going to be worked out. But no, if he's not signed, absolutely not. He doesn't get the belt. So, but he is going to win that match. And uh, he's already signed, I'm assuming. We still don't know about it. Well, you'd have to have to sign why, why would you give a guy that's going to show up in AEW the next night a main event spot? There's no way. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? you got to be careful with that. So maybe they're not telling us something because that's probably all, it. all we know from what we know, he's not signed a contract Which yet. is good because it adds to the story. Oh, my God, maybe, maybe. You know what I mean? So it's kind of nice to keep some things under wraps. We don't need to know everything, you know? Takes well, away from it a bit. Everything. It's like you said, it makes not it makes the show not pleasant, right? So exactly. So, but Drew is Drew's right. in his own right now, man. He deserves a spot. He's the best heel. He's great on the mic. Oh, he's working hard. Like he's we'll, in his we'll, own. Like we'll nobody on, else. Yeah, we'll hit on him really soon here. Um, the main event, Rhea Ripley. She got the main event. Congratulations to her. She deserved it. The yeah. year that she's had since last WrestleMania. If we're gauging her whole year from WrestleMania to Mania. She's being top dog, man. I mean, maybe even better than Roman and those guys to a certain extent in terms of popularity and whatnot. But, I mean, she, she's she been doing it. She's ripping it up. And that match with Naya, um, pretty decent, man. Pretty standard. I'll be honest, it was a pretty standard. <laughs> right? I mean, Rhea, you have two heels, but I think Rhea was probably the face of this There's one. There's only so much you can do with Naya. She's so big and so strong. You can't toss her around that much. So it kind of limits, right? But I thought they kept, even though Naya lost, they kept her strong. Kept looking good, right? But think about it. If if you really if you want to break it down, break it down in terms of control time and how much action, you know, was controlled. She was controlling most of that match in terms of moves and you know offense. I mean, Rhea was on the back foot for most of that match. She just kind of got in there at the last moment, was able to stun her and get the pin, which yeah. is probably the only way that you can beat a Rhea or, or an Nia Jax right now, the way they built her, right? So, I mean, pretty standard. I like what they did with that and how they kept her strong. The question is, is where does Nia go from here? The problem and with having that match last is that you've had the two chamber matches and it's hard to top what's already you've already seen, right? So they, they had a, they're kind of like in a lose-lose situation. I know Rhea's from there, so they've got a huge top, but like, how do you follow those two chamber matches? It's tough. I think normally, yes, but because she was the hometown girl and, you know, they did put her in there, I think the crowd was into it. But then again, you know what? I think the crowd was just into it in general, right? I mean, they didn't yeah. let down at all. Like, they were almost starved. It was almost like having a chubby kid in a candy store after hours. You're just going to gorge and gorge and gorge, right? Because you don't yeah. know when it's going to stop and when you're going to get this opportunity again. And it's not, you know, a very common place to go. It's It, it takes... Exactly. So they really appreciated it. You know, so they really appreciated it. It's a hard place to get to, right? I mean, in general, so I mean... Far away. The chamber itself had to, apparently they had to change directions on it. I don't know if there's any truth to it, but apparently they couldn't get it through the Suez Canal because of pirates and stuff. 
uh you know and that that's a real thing actually man there are a lot of pirates out there that the somalians and things like that a lot of pirates out there that you don't really hear about. That not the not the friendly pirates that you see on the pirates. Of the no, no, these the dudes, serious dudes. I, I I actually went back and I looked at a couple of videos and what these guys do when they get into these regions where it's heavily infested with with bandits and pirates. They an hour before they get into those waters, these crews will take barbed wire and wrap it around the whole ship exterior, like on the panels or on the bars on the poles leading up to doors everything they they're, they're, they take this stuff seriously so they ended up having to drive this thing all the way to california and then from california on a ship to sydney crazy big process just for the chamber right because a lot of times these guys have stuff set up everywhere so whenever they come to canada they got a guy here you know maybe like like jerry for example they'll call jerry we need a ring for for wrestling tonight he'll provide it sort of video right yeah it's not like they carry everything with them but there's certain things that i guess you can't replicate and they have to carry that <laughs> the chamber's a massive structure right yeah yeah all right so that was the elimination chamber so from that we know now rhea ripley becky is is one match that's confirmed we know eo bailey is a match that's confirmed we know seth and um drew, drew. is confirmed we know Cody and Roman is confirmed. So we basically got all the main titles sussed out and who's going to face who. Are we going to add faces to those matches? I don't know. We still have a month and a bit, you know, to, to work with here. I do feel some of those matches will change a little bit. We're still waiting to find out who Gunther's going to fight. Uh, but coming out of this, I feel we have an AJ Styles and... Um, and LA Knight fight for one of the nights at WrestleMania. I believe now we have Logan Paul probably going to be defending his title against uh, Randy Orton, which is pretty much, a, you know, the U.S. title. So the Gunther one is kind of interesting, though. Who's going to face Gunther coming in? Hard to say. Probably Uso, but... No, actually, no, sorry. Uso versus Jay versus Jimmy is probably happening. I think it's going to be Sammy. Yeah, that could be. I, I really do, just the way they're talking to him. Because last night on Raw, he did finally have his first victory in a while. He beat Shinsuke, took care of him. And, you know, it's not often you go to the guy after the match and have an interview with him. And, you know, he's excited about it. This and that. I really have a feeling it's going to be Gunther and and um, Gunther and Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. I just have yeah. a feeling that's where they're going to go. You had a bunch of guys come out last night on Raw to claim their cases. Uh, Chad Gable, who I'd rather see probably in that match myself personally. Um, I he would thought, he would go better with Gunther than Sammy, but with Sammy's a bigger star, that's the only problem. Right. How times change. One year ago, now you were the main event of night one, and now you're just treading water. Eh? Interesting how things change so fast. Well, even for Austin Theory last year, he opened them. Well, that's when Vinny was in charge. He opened WrestleMania against John Cena. Now he might even be on the card. Well, that's wrestling for you, brother man. That's, that's yeah. the beauty of it, right? I mean, the ups and downs. It's good and bad. It's sometimes it's about who likes you, not always who's the best. That's this wrestling. Well, you're right. Love it or hate. That's how it is. That's that's how it is, man. Okay, so Monday Night Raw. Very quickly, um, anything stand out for you in particular? Yeah, I thought the closing segment was, was horrible. You know that this come off a good match with Grayson and Cody, and then you have Paul Heyman come down. Keep in mind, we're in San Jose with three. What did you say? Suspended NYPD guys. Yeah, yeah, suspended apparently. Yeah, so he comes out there, you know, he talks his talk and, and mouths off and they mouth back and forth. And then he gets on two cell phones. It's, it's, you know, you could just three-way call the guy. You know, I get it's part of his goofy character. And it's just, 
It was just a poorly, poorly, lazy written segment. Didn't even need to even do that. You could have just left it with Cody and, and Grace. They had a great match, great chemistry. End of the show like that. That bringing Paul to do that adds nothing to the story. Just filling time, killing time. Lazy, 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 creative and lazy lady, lazy, lazy writing. Horrible segment. But a great match. So they just ended it like that. No need for that. It didn't do anything. It doesn't further the story. It's just like Paul comes out by himself. Well, Paul can't fight. The guy can barely walk. So what's he out there for? If he would have had Jay or Roman with him, I get it, or Rock, but he didn't have any of those guys. It was a waste, waste of a segment to close it out. Although it was a pretty good role overall. That's one that stood out to me. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I'm going to touch on Raquel Rodriguez really quickly here. Uh, so she came back from this horrible skin condition that she was dealing with. Yeah. I saw pictures of it and, you know, looks quite debilitating, man. Um, Brutal. You know, but but respect to her for coming back. But she looks different, though, eh? Big time. Like face. Yeah. Like, you could see the effect that this actually had on her. And the other piece was you could tell that she's not tanning because you could just look at her body and just like, you yeah. know. I feel bad for her. But, I, you know, but I'm glad she's back. I mean, you know, I think a lot of this was going to be geared towards her for WrestleMania in terms of, you know, her and Bianca, I think, had a program in the works until this actually happened. So I'd like to see what they do with her. This is the hard part about this, man. And I was thinking about this after, you know, we talked this morning and, and before we started here, before you came on. And it's really hard. Like, I'm looking at Chelsea Green. I'm looking at Raquel Rodriguez and some of these stars. Like, it's tough because you've come back at a time where you're in the midst of WrestleMania season and a lot of what's going to happen is already kind of predicted and we know where it's going. So, and as we know, the world of wrestling can change on a dime, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? And, you know, it's kind of like keeping your stock up because I don't think their stories are officially going to start till after WrestleMania. I know they have plans for Chelsea and I know they have things they want to do with Raquel as well. So it's just kind of like, now, what do you do until after WrestleMania sort of, how do you stay strong? And I think that's a challenge for these guys, for a lot of them as well, right? I mean, I really feel that you're going to see a lot more Grayson. And I really believe, you know, Tyson is going to, you know, going to have his opportunity as well um, after WrestleMania. It's just a question of keeping them strong. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think some, in some cases, like Raquel, I'm just happy to be back. Happy to be on TV. Of course, everybody wants to be on WrestleMania. And they're happy to get that big paycheck and just get in the flow again. And like you said, it changes every day, any minute. And this by the time somebody gets hurt or you get hot or the crowd starts chanting for you, as in Cody Rhodes, the next thing you're in a main event again. So well, like there's, quick, a, but. there's a lot of talent who's ready to go. Like Braun is ready to go. He can come back at any day, right? But I mean, there's a lot of guys who are just gonna have to sit out the next month and a bit until mid-April to get their stories going, right? So I think we got to keep that in mind. I hope at WrestleMania we see one of the big guys, like even a Braun, even an Omos, put one of them in a match, give them something. Because you've got two of the biggest and strongest wrestlers in the world, Omos and Braun, and you don't use them. And I understand they're trying to go more to the little guy. But when you've got such freak athletes like this, and no other company has, and Braun's big, he can move in Omos, but you don't want to use them. Because I get it, you're trying to gear towards more of the Cody crybaby crowds, but at the same time, you don't want to lose these guys because another company can claim the largest athlete in the world. WWE's always had the largest athlete in the world, Andre, and then they got Big Show, and they got Omos, great colleague. They have never done anything good. On the other side, let's talk AEW really quickly here, right? I mean, on the other side, you have some big guys there, like you, you know, like uh, that Satnam Singh guy. He's over seven feet tall. He's a huge man, but they've never used him properly. So you're right there. I'll have to agree with you there, right? Um, 
quickly. Yeah, but look at look at the guy. Look at the guy who's booking him. He's what five foot six, one hundred and twenty pounds. He's a little guy himself. Yeah. So when you put on AW, all you see for the most part is the little guys because that's who he likes. He loves Daniel Bryan. He loves the little guys. I'm not taking anything away from them, but you got to have a balance here, dude. Because yeah. when you put on a show and you see all the little guys acting tough, it's not believable. The yeah. regular guy is like, wait a minute, this guy's no. I'm going to the next show. And but if you see Omos or Braun, you stop on that TV and like, wait a minute, look at these guys are larger than life. Okay. And and AW doesn't have any of that, and that's the no. problem. No, fair enough. Uh, Dynamite, your thoughts quickly. I thought I, I liked how they opened the show with uh, Moxie's Wild and got the crowd pumped up. He comes out acting crazy. <clears throat> he had a good tag match. The headbutt segment that he did, I don't understand why they kept headbutting each other. It didn't make sense in the match, but it was cool. That's um, that old so, school move, man, where the two guys with the hard heads just keep going back and forth. Yeah, I yeah. remember so, seeing that back in the day. Yeah, there was a couple of good. It wasn't bad overall. It's all right. I mean, I enjoyed the commentating. It's always solid. Not a bad show, but like I oh. said, they're 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 not. It's not that Tony Khan is that much of a Triple H is much of a better booker than Tony Khan. What I'm noticing now, the only difference is Triple H has a better roster. He's got the best talent. Well, it's like if you and I take over the Dallas Cowboys, we've got a stack roster. Or you taking over the Carolina Panthers, right? So Triple H has better toys to play with than Tony does. Um, but Triple H is definitely falling into the same traps as Tony is, putting out segments that don't make sense, wasting guys, as we've seen at the Paul Heyman stuff. So WWE, they are the machine, but uh, this is a chance for AEW to grab the bulls by the horn and make a little bit of ground. Although they'll never be top WWE, they can make some big segue here. I'll be honest, and, uh, man. I don't, don't seem you know, like they don't want to. We've been saying this for the last few weeks in, in regards to AEW. And I get the sense that they're just happy grinding where they are, man, honestly. Because if, like you said, if we're seeing this, I'm sure they're seeing it, right? And if they're not willing to pick up on that and carry on with that, then that's on them, man. Um, I'll leave it at that. But yeah, overall. The six-man six tag match you had was good with Hook and some old Joe and all of them in there, right? And yeah. another thing, like, Hook, I don't think is ready to be on TV at AEW. He just... Such a little little guy. He looks like a guy that should be in the crowd. And for me, I know a lot of people say that's true, but it's hard for me to take that serious. I get it. He's Taz's kid, um, but he's just not ready to be up on the big stage there. I just don't think. And, uh, other other than that, there was wasn't a bad card. They had some good matches. Some some they have some good moments. We think, wow, they're doing pretty good. They did something stupid right after that great segment, you know. So. Yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're hit and miss. I mean, some of the matches are really great. Some of the matches are really garbage. But for the most part, I mean, it's an average show, right? I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's, I think uh, Bully Ray said it best. This is the best person I've ever heard of it. He said, Vince McMahon told him, I don't want a guy who is a champ. I've always been like a Rey Mysterio and Daniel O'Brien. But for the most part, <clears throat> Vinny told him, I don't want a guy who's heavyweight champion that I can beat up in a street fight because it's not believable. Tony Kong, what is he? He's a little guy, a little nerdy dude. So he likes the Daniel Bryans. <clears throat> he likes the hooks. He thinks that's cool. So they're booking through themselves and how they see it. And I think that's the best breakdown I've heard of this. So McMahon likes strong, tough guys because he thinks that's what the regular guy likes. Right. And Tony's a lot more sensitive into the feelings where the guy who's five foot three in his mind is as tough as the guy who's seven foot two. In reality, it's, we all know that's not true. But do you think that, like, okay, let's just be realistic here, man. Like, I mean, we've been watching wrestling for our all life right and you know arguably i've been watching it longer than you yeah in fact i got to see some things that you probably didn't see on tv as a fan right and that's no not the thing away from yeah, you that's true yeah like i've lived through all of it where we had where all wrestling was just gimmicks right you had the plumber you had the garbage man you had mm -hmm. the big farmer you had that once people started to get smart to it, they had to move away from that kind of genre. And now 
wrestling constantly evolves to what the main crowd, the main, you know, the people buying everything is, you know, catering to. And I get it. But, you know, like sometimes I feel like some of these guys and yourself and myself to a certain extent sometimes get stuck in a generation expecting it to be the same way, right? It just... Yeah, I hear that argument. Then I just look at the ratings. We've lost three to four million people. But and that, look at this way. Four. I'm in high schools twice a week. Nobody is wearing wrestling shirts anymore. Right. But, but so the, the, the teenagers aren't, they don't think wrestling is cheesy and corny because you see guys like Daniel Bryan and Cody Rhodes. I'm not saying they're not talented, okay. but okay. they don't relate to the casual guy. They relate to the hardcores. And I that's where it. the three to four million people have gone because it's not believable. And like Bret Hart says, best wrestling is what is believable as possible. It's right. not believable. A lot of this stuff. No, it's I get kind it. of corny. The three, the three to four million people that aren't watching are from our generation that we're all. Yeah, I know, but but thing is, on, the, let me finish. So let me why finish. can't they get the teenagers back and get those like because, the play off with the teenagers? Because when we watch wrestling, there was no internet, right? Yeah, a little it, bit in the Monday Night Wars, a little bit of internet. Maybe for you, but when I, for me, for the most part, most of that it didn't come until ninety seven, ninety eight, where it really started to pick That's up. That's what I'm right? talking about. Yeah, that internet. Then. But 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 right, but very minimal internet right but what i'm trying to say is if you think about it wrestling was probably even cornier when i was a kid watching all the gimmicks yeah but i'm talking about the mid 90s early 2000s right we had right, actually right, big guys right. out there but, right right but but that was just a different time you can't produce that anymore no, i know but i'm saying is so when you go into the schools you would see nwo shirts and dx shirts now you're not going to see one kid wearing a bloodline shirt or judgment Day shirt because those those crews are not believable. They're not cool. When you have Rhea Ripley and Dom acting tough to big guys, it's, it's not believable. But I also believe the, the the emergence of the UFC and all these things kind of UFC took a lot of too, those yeah. people away because that was more real, right? Like, I mean, you want to watch real fighting or do you want to watch wrestling? You no, know? I know, but at least, at least, like, when you have girls beating up guys, it's not realistic. You don't no, see that in boxing. You don't see the UFC. So how do you expect a kid who's doing amateur wrestling say wait a minute i just seen rhea ripley beat up brock lesnar i know it didn't happen for example and that becomes cheesy and start laughing about it so that's the problem we need to have a little more believability as much as you can in wrestling and even at the indie shows i mean look at this look at the indie shows oh, none of these guys for the most part 90 percent of the roster is not in shape they don't train they're pale yeah. they can barely move and yeah. then they expect us to take that seriously when there's guys in the crowd who are in better shape than you and you're supposed to be the pro that's yeah. the problem no, no, I, I'm not. I'm not disillusioning. I'm just trying to show you my side of it. Like I'm not disagreeing with you, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm on board with what you're saying. I just want you to see the other side as well. Like you know, just. No, like, I get. So I get what they're doing and who they're catering to. But I'm saying yeah. you're but, not going to gain that popularity back until you bring some realism back. I get it, right? And with that to happen, they have to change. And maybe we'll start to see that with Netflix because their boundaries are lower, right? They don't have to work with a PG. I don't think we'll see that again because the Cody Crybabies run wrestling. As oh. soon as they started crying. Literally, Ari Emanuel and Khan or Triple H, whoever, they literally change the match right away. We got to game what they want. I get it. You give the fans what they want, yeah. and you're alienating, alienating half your other base. They wait a minute. You want to see the Rock. Now you're not seeing him. Well, let's see. Let's see how it plays out, man. I mean, we'll always have this argument, right? I think one day we should probably get to podium. Well, just because this one I play soccer with guys in their twenties that nobody watches wrestling at you know, that age. No, I, and I before I when I was in my twenties, is all we would talk about. So like, they've lost the key market along the way. Right. And, I, I um, think I think because there's the a Cody lot of Cry factors there. Wrestling now. No, I get it. I and like you said, you talk about the Cody Crybabies. I think that internet wrestling community has a big role to play in all of this. Yep. 
I think the fact that the emergence of the UFC and the success they've had has had a lot to do with it. Mm -hmm. I think there's other factors, you know, social dynamics. And I mean, I don't want to get into the psychology of society. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's part of it too. But there's so much there in play. But brother, man, like I said, man, at the end of the day, it's WrestleMania season. So let's be happy. Let's enjoy yep. the buildup and let's go from there. Um, I tell you what, man, let's wrap this puppy up here. Let's call it a day. And uh, let's see what SmackDown brings. I think The Rock and Roman are going to be on that. In fact, The Rock will be on the next three SmackDowns leading up to WrestleMania. So, yeah, I've seen that. So let's see what he's got planned for everybody and whatnot, because if we're getting 98 rock, maybe this is going to open the door to more of what you're saying is needed. The more of the reality. He's trying. He's trying. He's got a good promo. Well, see. I like everything he's saying. Let's see what he does. Right. Like, I mean, I think if anyone's going to. He's pushing the, the, he's pushing the Cody crab. He's calling this guy fat. He's yeah, saying yeah, you're probably, crybabies. Like, like, you like haven't, that. you have not seen that since the attitude era, right? Not really. No. So let's see what they do with this and let's see what direction they pull. And, uh, We'll be here to call them out on whatever they're I doing. I just want one faction in wrestling to come along. And, and it's not Judgment Day, and it's not – well, Bloodline a little bit. With some big guys that are strong, you know, like an NWO, like you had Hogan Hall in that. Those are larger-than-life dudes, right? And, and now you see all these factions, all these little guys, in it, and they're acting super tough, and it's hard for me to swallow that. The last best faction, in my opinion, was probably – Evolution. Well, well, I mean, evolution was good too, but in terms of just success, I'd have to say it'd have to be uh, the Shield. Yeah. Shield in terms good. of overall success, you look at those three guys and you always think, okay, when you look at a faction, you always think, okay, for example, Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty, we always thought that Shawn was going to be the guy, if he broke away, was going to become the star, correct? Yeah. Right? If you look at if you look at the, the Street Profits, as much as I like Dawkins, you know oh, it's Montez, Montez by far. who's going to become the guy. And, you know, Montez is going to be the Sean and he's going to be the Marty Jannetty sort of video. But in the Shields case, it seems like all these guys were successful in some way. Like, think about it. All three of them were world champion at one time. Yep. In succession. Right? So they've all had their runs. I mean, I don't know what Mo – I think Moxley would have been the odd man out if he had stuck around here. Probably he's not quite as talented as those guys. He is in a different way, but right. But okay, let's end it here, brother man, because we can just right. keep talking and talking and talking and talking. So on that note, I am Bobby Sampson. He is Mr. Chance Michaels. And in the words of the great ACDC, those that download, like, and subscribe to the show, we salute you. We do salute you guys. And on that note, guys, um, just play it safe this week, man. Be good to each other. Be kind. And remember, if people are not agreeing with what you're saying, if people are not working with you but against you, lose them. You don't need them in your life. Believe in yourself. Believe in your ability and surround yourself with people who believe in you and what you bring to the table. That's all I got to say. Well said. Well said. On that note, Sap and Chance have the greatest week of your life god bless you all sap and chance out